This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So the Cybertruck has over a million pre-orders. But can it compete with the Silverado and the F-150 Lightning pickup trucks? I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth on Now You Know. Our show is sponsored by Henson Shaving. So as everyone on this channel knows, I've owned my Henson Shaver the longest. Uh, but I've just realized that if I bought one of those like multi-blade razor kits that I used for so long during my life, mm -hmm. that it would be about time again to uh, go out and buy another, you know, bunch of cartridges for my, uh, you know, multi-blade razor. But those aren't cheap. No, they're not. I've estimated that I'm saving 60, 70 bucks, which is That's the, the price of the shaver. Yeah, and it's only been a couple months. And Henson Shaving is giving away 100 free blades with every purchase. If you use our code, now you know. Link down below. So the last time we covered electric pickup trucks was back in May of 2021 when Ford unveiled the F-150 Lightning. At that time, the Silverado EV was expected, but had not been confirmed and no one knew anything about it. Now that GM has unveiled the Chevy Silverado EV pickup truck at CES 2022, we have a lot more information about it. In fact, I think we have just about everything we need to know to pick a winner. Do Ford or Chevy or both have a Cybertruck killer? Now, back in May, I honestly thought that Chevy may not be able to keep up with Ford and Tesla and Chevy might be the last to release their truck. Now, with Cybertruck being delayed to 2023, it may actually turn out that Silverado beats Cybertruck to market, but who knows? So before we compare the stats head to head, let's give a run through of what we know about the Chevy Silverado. It's going to be built at GM's $2.2 billion factory Zero, which is north of Detroit. I think it's the same as the Hamtramck plant, um, but I don't I think know. it's got a fancy sign out front now. They definitely worked a lot of money on that sign. The 2024 Silverado will start deliveries according to GM at the end of 2023. I just pre-ordered, so hopefully we'll be able to be one of the first YouTubers to take delivery so we can show everyone firsthand all of its features. Nicole Kratz, Chevy's chief engineer of their battery electric trucks division, walked everyone through the Silverado's design, which she said was from the ground up on GM's new Altium battery platform. So from the Altium platform up. <laughs> To be clear, let's be clear, Nicole. So it's important to note here that Chevy says they'll release the work truck or the WT version first at a starting price of $42,000. Then it'll be followed by the higher end RST model in late 2023. So what do we know about Silverado? Silverado is going to be built on a 24 module Ultium battery pack and GM claims Silverado will have 400 miles of range. Keep in mind with this range, this is GM claimed range. We have no EPA testing yet because I don't even think they have an actual mule truck yet. Should have DC fast charging of 350 kilowatts with an 800 volt battery architecture. It'll have a dual motor option. It should have a 24-inch wheel option with the RST package. The RST, again, the most expensive version, uh, which will be coming out after the work truck, will have wide open watts mode for 664 horsepower at 780 foot-pounds of torque, giving the truck a zero to 60 time of under 4.5 seconds. Wow, wide open watts. <laughs> so are they gonna hire Owen Wilson to be their spokesperson? That's the big question. I would really like to see that. Wow. <laughs> it's not how he says it, wow. There's a lot more. Ow. Oh, the ow. ow. Wow. 
No, it's no? not. Ow. It's wow. Wow. Supposed to have independent rear suspension, automatic adaptive air suspension for a plus and minus of two inches of up and down travel. It should have four wheel steering. So the that's a big one. Rear wheels will steer. Nice. Pretty cool. 10,000 pounds of towing. 1,300 pounds payload. An optional power bar. And that is not for drinks or coffee. That is for 10 AC outlets of up to 10.2 kilowatts. So one in the front, one in the cabin, and it looks like eight in the back. Yeah. So this is for worksite and home powering. And you will need like a special cable to get all the power out of it, all the 10.2 kilowatts out of it. That's very similar numbers to what we saw with Ford for powering like your house. So that's going to be very interesting. It'll also have EV to EV charging, so you could charge up your buddy if your buddy ran out of charge. It'll have Super Cruise hands-free driver assistance with trailering. So, I mean, not only autonomy on the highways, but then trailering mode, I guess that's to help you to load your trailer up. Right. And they show off GM's new investment, the Pure Craft, which is shown being towed by the Silverado. GM now owns 25% of Pure Craft, which is an electric pontoon boat company. I think that's a big plus for dealers if they can be like, so you want a Chevy Silverado and a pontoon? boat i don't have any problem with that if you're selling electric boats too yeah good better for it let's move up to the e-trunk or their word for their frunk um it's going to be lockable and weatherproof and it looks like it's going to be fairly sizable the truck will also have a five foot 11 inch bed with multi-flex mid gate which will allow you to fold down the mid gate of the car the kind of that back window giving you about nine feet length of bed yeah i want to talk about more of this later it's gonna have a 40 60 second row split so you'll have four different configurations on how to use that mid gate and it'll have an optional lockable tonneau cover it'll be available with multi-flex tailgate with six foldable configurations i think i've seen a bunch of chevy ads on tv like this where yeah, steps like and... it folds down and then or you could have a step or it could be a thing that holds stuff in and that little lip at the end of the tailgate if you fold down the tailgate but have this little lip you get 10 feet, 10 inches long, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Moving to the interior, we get a modular seven gallons of center console storage. So that's not like, you're not going to fill it full of seven gallons of milk. Aww. It's just for putting your stuff crap in, into. Right. Yeah. To be It'll piled get filled up. with crap. It'll, it will be full There'll of There'll be crap. nails in there and stuff <laughs> like that. They have shortened the front overhang of the truck so that you get better visibility because you don't need to put an engine up there anymore. And that's what I think gives this truck kind of a weird look. We're used to seeing trucks that have to put a big freaking engine in there. So we're used to having this big nose on the truck. Now it's this stubbier nose thing. I think that maybe some truck buyers are going to balk at just hmm. the look of it. Doesn't look like a truck like the Ford F-150 Lightning. I think you should design around your needs and not, you know, just to match. Form follows yeah, function. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm. I'm liking it. But this does allow you to have a spacious second row. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. we haven't sat in it, but it looks very spacious from what we've seen. There's also a fixed glass roof, which I like. I don't think a lot of truck owners are going to like that. I think that they're mm. used to. Listen, I've seen trucks on the road. You're driving down the road. You have that one two by four sticking out. The, I don't know why you didn't tie it down or anything. It's just bouncing around. If you have a glass roof, you're going to have a pretty smushed glass roof by the time mm. you get to wherever you're going that you needed to bring that one two by four. The RST version will greet the driver with a light animation when using your phone app. So it'll have hands-free start, a lot like 
a Tesla. Yeah, so uh, they went. They just stole Tesla's idea. Now, I don't know at what level you're going to be able to have the phone app unlock and start the car and, and have the hands-free start because most of the stuff that we're talking about here is in relation to the RST, which is, of course, the highest level uh, Silverado you can buy. Yeah, uh, just a quick note here. A lot of manufacturers, they will jump between the lowest version when they want to talk about price and then the highest version when they want to talk about availability and options. So a lot of us consumers get confused because we're like, Oh, that sounds awesome, but does that come on the cheap version? Right. And so then you go into the dealer and the dealer goes, okay, so what kind of stuff do you want on there? And you go, oh, I want this, this, and this. And they go, okay, here's the bill. And you go, oh, okay, well, I guess I won't get the right. thing and that thing. So there's a 17-inch diagonal LCD infotainment screen. There's going to be 11-inch driver instrument display and a 14-inch heads-up display. Who knows what that's going to cost? Right, that could be optional. Yep. Who knows? Uh, the first vehicle is going to be built with, with Ultify. And what is Altify? Over-the-air updates. Okay. So something that Tesla has had since 2012. Yes, but it's called Altify. So they're just about 12 years behind. Yeah, but does Tesla have a name for it? No, they don't. They just call it over-the-air <laughs> updates because it's so boring. Why would you come up with a dumb name where you misspell it? Altify. With it ends in I, not Y. It probably cost them so much money to come up with that name. Anyway, the work truck, which is going to be the cheapest version. <laughs> Here's some price whiplash for you. We're going from the $105,000 truck down to the $39,900 truck. Work truck is going to have 510 horsepower at 615 foot-pounds of torque. Good numbers. Good numbers. Uh, 8,000 pounds towing, 20,000 pounds, they say, after launch. So, so this is going to be for fleet vehicles. They said that they're going right. to do some kind of special work truck option. My guess is it's going to be for the rental company that they're working with. We'll get yeah. more into that later. All right. But there's these cool looking accessories for the work truck. I don't know if these will ever make it to market. These I don't know why these are not available now because uh, people very do work cool now. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all sorts of foldy gadgets and slidey outy things. I and love it. Love it. I do it. really like all of it. Um, yes, please. Yes. They'll Count be, me in. There'll be software to regulate charging and to manage fleets. Great. This is where things get interesting. They yeah. talk about how they're going to be releasing the fleet model first. And then they talk about how it's going to enterprise rental car. Yeah, I think that uh, they wanted to kind of show up Tesla with their Hertz deal. And so they're like, we got a deal of our own. Right. We got enterprise. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. And it looks like that might be one of your first ways to get into one of these is to rent it at enterprise. So before we jump in here, I simply want to say something here. We will not consider Rivian, Workhorse, Bollinger, Hummer EV, or Lordstown in this head-to-head. -head. Now you might be asking why. Why? Well, first of all, Rivian is not meant to be a fleet or a work truck. It has yeah. a starting price, $75,000, and that's luxury territory. The same goes for the Hummer EV. Uh, then there's Workhorse, Lordstown, and Bollinger. Simply put, they're just not big players, so they will not be making the same number of trucks as Tesla, Chevy, or Ford. And honestly, a lot of those companies, they came up with trucks a while ago, and I kind of thought maybe they'd be first, but they're not. Right. So, yeah. You lost out. So let's start with price. All three have base models starting at roughly the same price, $39.9. And you'd think that this takes price out of the equation, but it doesn't because while all three offer mid and top price variants, we don't know much about the specs in these different ranges. For example, the dual motor Cybertruck will start at $49.9 with 300 plus miles of range, 10,000 pounds of towing, 3,500 pounds of payload, and a zero to 60 of less than 4.5 seconds. But we don't know anything else like torque or horsepower. Will it have rear wheel steering at this price point? How about the air compressor and the adaptive air suspension? 
or even the optional solar tonneau cover. We just don't know yet. But the same goes for the mid-range variants of the Ford F-150 Lightning or the Chevy Silverado EV. We do not know anything about the mid-range options, how much they're going to cost, what ranges they're going to have, any of the specs whatsoever. And I'm sure they've done that on purpose. They kind of want to wait to see what their competition does to see where they have to fall. But we do know some stuff. The top-end Cybertruck starts at 69.9, has 500-plus miles of range, 14,000 pounds of towing, 3,500 pounds of payload, 0 to 60 in less than 2.9 seconds, and those stats compare as follows to the Silverado RST. Price starts at $105,000 for a 400-mile, 10,000 pounds of towing, 1,300-pound payload, 0 to 60 in less than 4.5 second, 664 horsepower, 780 foot-pound of torque pickup truck. And the Ford F-150 Lightning top end starts at $90,500 for 300 miles of range, 10,000 pounds of towing, 1,800 pounds of payload, 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds, 563 horsepower, 775 foot-pounds of torque. So let's just stop there for a second. I think we can agree that in the top end... Tesla wins? Tesla wins, uh, Tesla hands wins down. by a, a resounding margin. I mean, because price. They beat both by $30,000. Yep. They beat both by a range of either 100 miles or 200 miles. Beat them in towing, towing pounds by at least 4,000 pounds. Beat them in payload. payload by at least 2,000 pounds. And zero to 60. And zero to 60 Every by... Every category sec- that we I mean, have. hands down, top-end Cybertruck seems to win. Now, we don't know what the horsepower or the torque is, but you can probably bet that uh, it's a little bit higher yeah. since their zero to 60 time rushes uh, the other two pickup trucks. But here's where I think most reviews fall short. Charging. Tesla will probably be offering at least what they have now, which is 250 kilowatts of Tesla supercharging. I wouldn't be surprised if this is boosted into the 350 or more territory by launch. Now, the Silverado technically wins. They offer 350 kilowatts of DC fast charging at 800 volts. Now, this is dicey territory for me, and here's why. Number one, you're relying on public charging infrastructure. Every time you hear from Ford and Chevy, they're like, and you can just plug it in at a public charger. They're simply put, not that many 350 kilowatt chargers out there. I know most of you haven't gone looking for them yet because you don't have a need to, but where do you find them? They're usually alone, so think broken, full, someone's plugged in already, or they're in the wrong place for you. You can look at a map and it'll say, here's where all the 350 kilowatt chargers are. And you go, great, this map looks great. Once you get down on the ground, you see that there's one stall that has the 350 kilowatts. The rest have like 150. I'm talking about mostly Electrify America chargers. And these stalls don't work very often. It's a very common problem. I have been to one Electrify America charger and have it work. And here's the thing. Let's say, let's just give them 80% working, okay? And 80% of the time, no one's plugged in there. Sure. Is that good enough? I don't think so. I think if you need to, you know, sir, I'm going to have the load of lumber there at eight o'clock. Oh, sorry, I couldn't charge. It's got to be 100% or close to it. The other thing is EVs have mostly been a coastal thing. They've been California. They've been hoitsy-toitsy, Boston, New York. Middle America has, sadly... Fall into the wayside when it comes to reliable charging networks, save for Tesla. But even Tesla is much more sparse. That's because fewer people bought EVs. That's because I think they didn't offer too many pickup truck EVs. Now that we're creating a vehicle that is going to really 
fit well in middle America, you really have to have good charging. And neither Ford nor Chevy has said a word about installing their own chargers or supplementing chargers anywhere. Right. Number two, Chevy's using an 800 volt architecture. And that is, my opinion, pushing current technology charging components on the truck to the limit. Think Porsche Taycan. They skimped $80 on their charger in their car, and they caused a whole lot of battery cell problems. They caused those battery cells to fuse out of the pack. Therefore, that reduces their range, and it causes a lot of problems downstream. Now, GM already got into trouble by not understanding battery architecture. Think Chevy Bolt. Now, think of the embarrassment, or worse, if the Silverado ends up having battery problems of its own. It may be a problem that GM would not even recover from. And this is probably why Enterprise Car Rental will be getting Silverados first. Yeah, I mean, it's GM's way of giving trucks to employees first. If and there will be problems, then Enterprise will encounter them first and hopefully spare GM from further public humiliation as those problems can be dealt with at a corporate level, i.e. quietly. Now, I do think that there is one area where Silverado surprised us. They beat Ford's mileage by 100 miles, and they beat Ford's charging speed by 200 kilowatts. I don't know how much the average Ford buyer in this country is going to focus on this, but it is a big deal. Right. Especially like we were saying for middle America, where chargers might be further spaced out and the average travel distance for most people is greater. So the more range and the faster charging speed you have, that's super important metrics for people who might be buying these vehicles. Yeah, I just don't think that the average American knows to ask this question yet. Right. But I hear what you're saying. Zach and Jesse, I mean, Tesla only had 150 kilowatts supercharging when they started, and they did fine. Well, okay, first of all, that's 10 years ago. But Tesla vehicles are way more efficient by nature. I mean, first of all, they're super efficient by design, but trucks, by their very nature, are carrying big loads. They're higher coefficients of drag because they're just not shaped like bullets. And their towing makes them way less efficient. So range and charging speeds are super important. Right. Especially when we're talking about towing. I mean, we went on a fairly long towing excursion and we were towing a very small load um, with our Model X and the range really drops. Right. Um, so the bigger the range you have to start with, the further you can go while you're towing something big, heavy and blocky. I want to talk about one of Silverado's features that I kind of fell in love with and I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. I really thought Silverado was going to be a bare bones pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Like, here's a truck. When they showed the Midgate, now this is something that we talked about as a wish list option for the Cybertruck. Now that had more to do with the fact that I thought that the Cybertruck is going to be a boat. And so I was like, how will I be able to get to the other side of my truck boat if I can't go through a hopeful Midgate? I'd have to get out of my truck and what, go swimming to get to the back? Putting the truck boat aside for a second, sure. uh, a mid-gate is actually a really cool feature. It was introduced in a couple different models back in like, I think the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Never really survived. I don't know if it's because it wasn't implemented well or advertised well, or maybe consumers just en didn't end up wanting it. But seeing it like this, I can picture myself wanting it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't kayak uh, with my own kayak. So maybe... This example is not going to appeal to me. Maybe you just turn the kayak 25 degrees and then it would fit because Pythagorean theorem. Um, but but I can think of like maybe a pile of, you know, eight foot two by fours. But I also want my buddy to ride in the back. So now I can do both like that. That would work. It, and it's really cool. It adds a lot of flexibility to the truck in a way that most pickup trucks with a five, almost six foot bed just don't have. Yeah. Let's talk about the five and a half foot bed. When I was a kid. 
You had to have an eight foot bed. It had to hold sheets of plywood, sheetrock. That was the whole point. And today, I think the pickup trucks have become more of a lifestyle vehicle. So it really depends on your use. And that's why Chevy's trying to make this appeal to Both. are you? Yeah. Are you doing a fleet? Are you doing a work you know, thing? Are you doing a home thing? And honestly, yeah, I mean, this could become a family vehicle where, yes, you use it Monday through Friday on the work site. Putting in sheets of sheetrock because with the mid those will, down, right? That'll fit. Or on the weekends, go kayaking and carry your whole family in it because it right. seats five. I mean, the mid gate is very cool, and then also having that little flip up lip at the back. I've never used that, so I can't like be like, well, that will definitely hold things in the back. Well, of my I mean, bed. that's why we signed up to get it because yeah. honestly, I want to show you whether this is actual useful stuff or whether it's just marketing. Or if it's such a pain, it's like, oh. The midgate. Yeah, I'd put that down if I really wanted to spend an right, afternoon. Or, or is it quiet enough? Like, I mean, you're blocking out sounds and water from the car. Does it leak? Like, we need right. to know these things. Right. Now, when we saw the Ford F-150 Lightning frunk or front trunk, uh, I thought it looked great. I mean, I really love seeing tools in it. It excited me. I'm like, yes. I mean, uh, I love the fact that the grill lifts up. So you got this nice, easy to get at floor. It's like a tailgate. Perfect. Yeah. Right. And it looks like you can do the same in the Silverado. So I'm like, yes. In fact, we saw optional tool chests and storage chests. So yeah. that's great. I also love the fact that there's outlets in the fronks now. So the Ford and the Chevy. Um, and I'm hopeful that Tesla will follow suit. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried that the Cybertruck is not going to have this same kind of frunk where the lid lifts the grill out of the way right. um, and you end up with like a tub. Yeah, I don't know if the Cybertruck by its own design could do this, because if you look at it closely, it looks like that piece of steel will lift up and it will be a tub. And that's kind of a point lost for Cybertruck, because I want you to picture this for a second. Trucks are up high, right? And you're going to be standing there, not like in a sedan where you're looking down into the frunk, but you're going to be like almost peering over this thing. And then if you have some tools to get out, you're like, Ugh. right. And then you start running into the lid. So much easier to pull towards you, right. lift and and be on your way. Or to even work. I mean, if we're talking work here, yep. like that's a perfect work height. It, it could be, but obviously not if you have the grill. It's just a piece of metal right. um, in the way. So, I mean, this could be point for Chevy. Let's talk about beds. I am now most excited about the Silverado bed. So many options when the mid-gate is factored in. Don't get me wrong. I love the Cybertruck, stainless steel tonneau cover, especially with solar, but Silverado's eight electrical outlets and the tailgate options are really cool. Really? Really. Better than having a ramp. Better than having T-slots. Better than having the sub-trunk, which I would argue makes up for the fact that it doesn't have the frunk that you wanted. Mm. And also, were you too busy ordering the Cybertruck on your phone to notice this? Wait, what is yeah, that? Yeah, no one's ever talked about this. I don't know how I missed it. I was there at the event. I must have seen this. I was too busy looking at the truck. Apparently... There's going to be, I don't know what you call Cyber it. flaps. That's so cool. That is cool. I don't know why I think it's so cool. It's so sci-fi and I think you're retro, right. I think, like, I, was, I think that's the moment I was ordering on my phone. Right. I mean, this is definitely where I'd want like a bunch of zitzing circuits because it looks like R2-D2 should be fixing it. I mean, that is so X-Wing to me. All right. That is really cool. And you and I'm, what I'm saying is that's storage. We no, haven't even talked about that. No, you're right. You're right. Also, is the Silverado bed better than uh, an air compressor for your air tools? Is oh, it better true. than the rear tilt for loading? Mm, okay. Okay. Cybertruck has a lot of cool features. And I think we're seeing that, again, Ford got left behind. I mean... Uh, Ford has a five and a half foot bed and some power outlets, but I mean, nothing like Silverado and Cybertruck. Because I mean, we can sit here all day long arguing about which is better, but like Ford didn't really get mentioned in that argument. So I think they lost on this one. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about the cabins. I think the big one here is that Cybertruck seats six and the Chevy and the Ford only seat five. Going back to like classic pickup truck, slide on over, honey, country, western kind of thing. I'm just saying it's seat six. No, I mean, this is huge for families, especially like this, like. We were talking about a truck can now be a family vehicle. If it's seat six, it can definitely be a family vehicle. Right. And In the Cybertruck, remember that the front middle seat can either be a seat or it can fold into this like storage slash workbench. Right. Um, now, we've sat in the Cybertruck cabin. Yes, we have. And it was enormous. I it's mean, you, amazing. You have a big vaulted ceiling. Yeah. Um, and it's not vaulted the way you'd think it would be vaulted. Right. Uh, it's kind of wild yeah both the silverado and the Cybertruck have fixed glass roofs and i gotta say from the pictures i've seen of silverado and from sitting in the Cybertruck, i never thought about a fixed glass roof in a pickup truck but it's pretty awesome i will say that the Cybertruck it works because this is supposed to be like bulletproof glass i mean it wasn't at the it unveiling, at the but... unveiling. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but it was supposedly already cracked and broken beforehand because Franz swung the sledgehammer too hard right. and may have cracked it. I don't know if people are going to be strapping ladders to the roof. Oh, they will. The, so that's, oh, they will. That's the question for me. If I do want to put a ladder there's on my be Silverado. Accessories, dude. There's going to be like accessory pad <laughs> thing you put on the roof, maybe. But couldn't you have just made it metal? Wouldn't that have just been cheaper? It's so nice to have a glass roof. No. This isn't the 70s and anymore. Maybe that's just on the RTS. Again, Chevy's being super unclear because they want to show everything cool about the RTS. RST? What does that even mean? What does that stand for? Real sucky truck? <laughs> That's not so good. <laughs> what I'm saying is maybe the work truck will have a metal roof. It should because I remember one day, 1980, we're throwing stuff out the window of like third floor, doing some demolition. And uh, I don't think I threw this, but we threw a door out into the back of the truck. And one of the hinges hit the top cab of the car and well long story short we always had just like black tar to <laughs> fill that hole can't so, really do that with glass no you can't okay. do it with glass so honestly both ford and chevy interiors don't do much for me so the sixth seat for me is the winner i think Cybertruck is winner in this category and i mean if we're talking about cabin the screen you know that the Cybertruck is going to have Netflix. Yeah. You know that it's going to have games of yeah. some kind. You know that it's going to have YouTube. I mean, look, it's great that Ford and Chevy are trying to keep up and they both have some screens and stuff. We have big stuff, screens. But if you don't have Netflix, what's the point of having yeah. a screen? I mean, they, they came out with an app for the phone. The phone. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, ever, ever watched Netflix on my phone. I've watched YouTube a bunch, but never Netflix. So that yeah. should, but it should still tell you something. You should have Netflix on the center screen. I know. And this really shows that Ford and Chevy are not thinking about these as computers on wheels. No. They're just like, what can we do to make sure that we look like we right. have a computer in the car? They're two steps behind. Yeah. Well, let's talk about availability. So the Ford F-150 Lightning should start seeing deliveries this month. We have a reservation, but it wasn't a day one reservation. So it may be a while before we get ours. But this should make Ford first to market. And I think that's a pretty big deal. Yes. Cybertruck is now supposed to come out late 2022. That's this year. Um, that was from... Uh, 2021 Q3 earnings call. So we don't know if this is accurate or not. Realistically, we might get our Cybertruck this year because we're like number 20 in line. But most people will not see their truck until 2023 or later. Yep. Silverado should appear late 2023, they say. Again, that remains to be seen. Yep. I kind of have my doubts. That's a lot of work to get done in a short amount of time. But 
We're just going to go with what they say. So Ford gets a point here for the first delivery date. But honestly, I think Tesla will win for availability because I believe Tesla will be able to reach volume production way faster. I could be wrong. I mean, this is, after all, a stainless steel origami exoskeleton and probably a new 4680 battery pack. So who knows? But for now, point goes to Ford. All right. Next category is America. This is the American made category. All three trucks will be made in America. So no win there. But... Well, let's think about this in a couple different ways. One is, will the Tesla battery pack be made in Texas? Yes. Probably. Where will the batteries for the Silverado and the Ford be made? Probably South Korea. Well, here's the thing. Both Ford and Chevy claim they're going to have battery factories. I don't know if they're talking about cell production or if they're talking about battery pack production. So I don't know if they're getting their cells from Asia and then putting them into packs or if they're actually going to make them there. Because that to me is more assembled in America. Right. The cells would have been made in China or South Korea. So if we're talking about America, then I mean, yeah, there's a but chance. their salespeople are just going to be like, it's made in America. Right. I mean, there's still a chance that the cells for Teslas could be made by Panasonic, but it's a good chance that it's going to be made in the U.S. I think it's going to be made at Gigafactory. So, but... That has nothing to do with the Build Back Better bill, which if it passes with the EV tax credit and if that bill stays the way that it was written, um, which, of course, no one has read because it's 2300 pages long. But at least we know that the EV credit portion would have a forty five hundred dollar bonus credit that Chevy and Ford would get because they are union made EV pickup trucks. Right. And that's a big advantage if that all those things come true, which maybe they won't. But that's forty five hundred dollars cheaper for those two trucks. And that right. could make a huge difference. But when we're seeing the top of the line cyber truck selling for like $30,000 less than the right. Silverado, right. and you're also going to be getting about $7,500 off the price of the truck anyway, just because you bought an American made EV, it's looking still pretty good for your cyber truck. I want to introduce a new category. This is a category that up until now wasn't a category. I don't know what to call it. I mean, bulletproofedness. Rust proofedness, bad acidness. It's stainless steel. We're talking stainless steel mm -hmm. exoskeleton here, folks. Look, the Cybertruck is simply in a different class. I mean, if Tesla can pull off cold rolled stainless steel exoskeleton, I think they are hands down the winner. And that is why, frankly, uh, they've had 1.3 million pre-orders. And Ford, for example, has only ha had 200,000 orders. Like, well, they stopped taking reservations after the 200,000th order because they probably won't be able to make that many. But that's uh, beside that, the point, Zach. Uh, but that's a marketing trick. That's what we were going to lose. So we stopped counting. I yes. mean, I, look, I think it's caught the imagination of most people. I yep. think that this design, if Tesla can pull it off, is just amazing. Because for work trucks, would you like a truck that will get dented and beat up? Or would you like a truck that shouldn't get beat up or dented or rusty at yeah, all? I want to talk about silverware for a second. Bruh. I want you to go down to your local diner and uh, take out a fork. That fork has probably been at that diner since the day they opened. <laughs> okay. That is made of stainless steel. Yes. Stainless steel holds up. I mean, when you build a house on the Cape, you build it out of stainless steel nails, stainless steel screws. Why? Because anything else is just going to disintegrate. Stainless steel is an amazing material. And especially the grade that they're going to be choosing for the Cybertruck. It's going to be rust proof, dent proof. Now well, the next, yeah, that's what I want to talk about is if you go up to your average, I mean, don't do this, but go up to your average Ford or Chevy and give it a whack. It's very thin metal. The thickness of stainless steel we're talking about here is not the same thickness as on a typical car. It's a much thicker piece of metal. That's why it's an exoskeleton. It's actually going to bear the weight of the vehicle. I mean, we've been in it. It just feels different. It feels substantial. I think that when people experience this, they're going to be like, yes, right. this is what I want. 
And once you see him driving down the road and you go, oh, uh, did I just see Master Chief driving down the road yeah. or what just happened? I mean, I already have my uh, Halloween costume picked out for the next two years. I'm just going to be Master Chief in the back of my Cybertruck. Obviously, duh, that's going to look sick. I know. Here's another category that no one's counting as a category. Yes. It's a boring category. I know. Oh, it's, it's so boring. Batteries. No one's going to put this on their list, but we are. Because anyone who knows anything about batteries knows that Tesla is the leader, and that is not even counting the 4680. Right. Okay. The 4680 structural pack is head and shoulders above what Ford and Chevy are going to have. So range, charging speed, and longevity, Tesla is going to win. Right. I, I mean, look, we haven't seen the Ultium battery. It might be... Altium. Um, I don't have much faith in the company that sold. Maybe it'll be Altify. Hundred thousand bolts that are at the risk of fire, right? Just because they messed up something. Like, I'm sorry, I just don't trust that company to tell me that their batteries are superior. Yeah, I mean, I, no one really talks about this, but Tesla has over 10 years of experience in batteries ahead of these guys. So, I mean, they already have a lot of institutional knowledge about what works and what doesn't, and that has gone into their iterations. So into the 4680, all the stuff they've learned. Why is the 4680 structural pack such a big deal? Well, one reason why is it can be built differently. And we're not even talking about that. Ford and GM can't build stuff with a gigapress. Why? Because they don't they own have, them they don't have the and technology. they don't know how to do right. it so i mean this is like a huge story that the press doesn't talk about exactly let's talk about four-wheel steering so the cybertruck and the silverado both will have four-wheel steering options so that yeah, means that's a point that ford's gonna lose on because i mean they just don't offer it look this is a big deal for certain uses like trailering i mean you're gonna be able to first of all just not trailering just turn radius. It's a big deal. But yep. like with trailering, I think this becomes a huge deal. I don't think it's in the consciousness of most people because it's not really available. I mean, I know there was a model. I think GM had a model once that had it. But like for the most part, we don't know about it. So right. once it's out in the real world and people start to see it and how to use it, I think people are going to want it. Exactly. I mean, let's talk about trailering for a second. Normally, you have to back it up and you have to line everything up just so. With rear wheel steering, you can actually turn the rear wheels, which means that you could steer your car like a regular car, except now going backwards. And with the camera, you could just be like, and I'm lined up. Right. I mean, point Chevy, point Tesla. Yeah. Let's go to trailering for a second, because in addition to rear wheel steering, having cameras to help with trailering is huge. And I mean, all three have mentioned that they'll have some form of trailer assist. I think this could become a game changer for anyone using the truck for regular towing. Now, look, there's a lot of people who aren't going to tow with this ever. That's fine. But there are a lot of people who will. And things like adaptive air suspension are super important. We learned that firsthand with Sparky when right. we were trailering. Because you can put the car down low, yep. <laughs> slide under, yep. and then come up. It's so nice. You know nice. how nice that is? It's D so nice. You don't even know how nice that is. You right. can just do that. That is one little point. But... Any amount of assist, because the other day I saw someone trying to back a trailer into their driveway mm -hmm. and they were blocking the road. Oh, right. Yep. And um, it's stressful. I eventually had to just turn around yeah. and go another way because they got stuck because they had no idea what they were doing. Right. It's the least intuitive thing you've probably ever done besides maybe riding a unicycle. Yeah, we did some videos on this to help you guys um, if you're ever going to. Pull a trailer, check out our videos because it really is helpful to have that rear camera. But the other point here is range. I mean, range is ultra important and Tesla has the biggest range. So, I mean, that's a win right there. But if the Cybertruck can autonomously hitch and unhitch, and I want to talk about this, look. I know that most people don't believe in autonomy. 
Right. Which is so we're going to get to that in a second. Difficult but, conversation. But oh, my God, is this going to be mark my words huge? I mean, normally, first of all, it takes two people to do any kind of trailering. Right. You need the driver and then you need the person standing there at the hitch. Both need strong, strong lungs. lungs. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Go, Go left. left. Let, no, the other one inch, left. One, one inch. inch. One inch. Right. Stop, 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 stop. No, go back to where you were. Right. It's a, it's a pain. Right. Because you don't, you don't get the control that you want, especially with gas pickup trucks. It's even worse because yep. you have to and then slow, slam on the brakes. Electric is really nice. We've noticed this. Yes. Using Sparky for trailering. It's so quiet and so easy. But then let's just say you've got a boat or a motorhome or you're older like me. Um, moving big things around becomes harder and harder. With a truck that you could be like, bleep, bloop, bloop, this is where I want you to pick up the thing and drop it off. Now, you might be looking at me like right. I have three heads right now. Yeah. I get it. But someday, mark my words, come back to this, like mark yeah. this spot. Trucks will be able to do this, I bet, within the decade. Here's just a couple things that you could do. You could say, oh, I want to back the trailer into this spot. You could then drive your cyber truck without the trailer into that spot, say, this is the spot where I want it to be. And then it'll say, okay, I'm slowly creeping forward and finding my way to the trailer. It could have mapped that spot and then tried to back the trailer into it. That's just a simple thing. Yep. Like that's not that hard. That's something that it does right now with parking a regular Tesla. Yep. Most Teslas can do that. Obviously it's more complicated with a trailer. It'd have to know the dimensions of the trailer, but that's just simple. It's real easy for computers. Really exactly. easy. All right. So let's talk about payload. This is why you buy a truck in the first place. You're going to fill up the bed with stuff. Cybertruck wins hands down. 3,500 pounds. That's bigger than the other two. So like. Okay. I mean, I don't know why the other two didn't try harder. Then it comes down to towing capacity as well. Cybertruck seems to win with the 14,000 pounds, although Chevy said that there's going to be a 20,000 pound towing option after the initial work truck availability. I mean, this seems a little marketing to me because it's like that's a huge leap from your 10,000 to is your 20,000. It's going 000. to be 20,000 asterisk. asterisk. Like, yes. don't go uphill. Yes, it's asterisk. It's going to be because you take almost any electric vehicle and you can tow almost anything on flat ground. Right. So I'm not too impressed with that. Right. Um, but I mean, 14,000 pounds Cybertruck where they say this is what it's going to be. I believe that. Yeah. Especially 14... when it can do the zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. And 14,000 pounds is a really good number. Like yeah. you can tow a lot. All right. Let's talk about autopilot. All three trucks are going to come with some form of driver assist, but let's be real here. Okay. Only one company is going to have autonomy first. And that company is Chevy. <laughs> what if you listen to all the experts that's all they want to talk about is how chevy definitely has the oh their pilot their whatever palm pilot system super cruise super duper 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 yeah. deuce. look it's going to be tesla so again if you believe that autonomy is coming and you should then tesla is the only real choice in this category i'm going to be proven right i know it and we're beyond autopilot at that point full autonomy yeah oh uh yeah i i'll send the i'll send the lumber to you yeah and again, drop it off and then I'll have my truck back. The, in the meanwhile, I'll be putting in this sink. Now, again, I know you guys are looking at us like we're crazy and you're like, what are you talking about autonomy? Uh, I just tuned in here to find out about the payloads. Look, autonomy is the big news here. Uh, the Cybertruck is going to be able to fully self-drive. The other two are not. So I know that you're probably thinking that's not real. So you're not going to even count and that. But saying, trust well, they me. they can't do that now. And it's like, yes. But and it's if coming. you haven't experienced Tesla's over the air updates, if you haven't yeah. had a car that literally did not have the ability to drive autonomously at all. And now, like with my car, it's able to pretty well drive around. It's in beta. You're going to 
change your mind pretty quick when you realize, oh, it's just a couple of years away and this is the truck that's going to be able to do it. Look, if you're watching this video because you really are trying to think about what your next truck is, please consider fully self-driving. Just allow yourself as, to imagine it. You yeah. don't have to tell anybody and have them laugh at you. Don't just, worry. Right. File it away. Yeah. So I was surprisedly impressed with the Silverado. I really thought I'm just waiting for them to come out with their announcement, then I'm going to just file it away. But I really loved everything they talked about. And I'm surprised that they did this. Why did they do it? Well, let's take a look at GM and their financials. GM currently has 40% of the pickup truck market. It's a huge section of the pickup truck market. Yeah. And their average gas-powered Silverado brings GM $17,000 in profit. Yep. It's their big money maker. I mean, Chevy sold 529000 Silverados in 2021 in the U.S. Right. And I think that GM said, look, guys, <laughs> we need to come in last with our Silverado announcement, but we need to come in first in what it offers. Right. And I think they nailed it. Yeah. I mean, can they deliver? That's a whole other question. No idea. In terms of keeping their brand, though, for the next couple of years, I think they succeeded. I think they kept people from going, you know, I'm just going straight to Cybertruck or straight to Ford. And they went, oh, I'm OK. Silverado looks pretty cool. Because I've heard plenty of truck buyers say, I'm going to wait until what Silverado comes out with. Right. Silverado was very smart. They waited until after the Cybertruck, until after the Ford. And they were able to beat some of the things on the Cybertruck and almost everything on the Ford, yep. um, except for kind of price. I don't know. We're going to have to see about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But look, I don't have a ton of confidence in two things. Number one, the Altium platform. You can market it all you want. You can get Malcolm Gladwell to stand on it all you want. You can get Morgan Freeman for all I care. I, I'm not going to be impressed until I see a lot of Ultium batteries on the road and we see how they charge and exactly. how they discharge and how they sit there and how they last. It's going to take me maybe five, seven years before I care to even know. Right. And then number two, their ability to produce at scale. I mean, I think they're going to produce about 50,000 Silverados a year. Once they ramp up. Right. I mean, exactly. And I think Ford will have the same problem. I mean, they say now that they're aiming for 80,000 a year in 2024. For their F-150 Lightning. Right. Here's the problem. I think Tesla is going to decimate them. If Giga Texas can turn out, let's say, 100,000 Cybertrucks in 2023 and 500,000 in 2024, then I think it's game over. I think Ford and GM will begin to implode. Even if they're doing half of that they're going to begin to implode because Ford and GM are built very heavily. Oh, we better have pickup trucks. That's where all the money is. Right. And once you start to take even a small amount of that away, they begin to implode. Right. Because this is their bread and butter. I mean, they really have very little else to fall back on. But I know what you're saying. You're saying, wait, I tuned in because the uh, thumbnail said Cybertruck killers. Well, I mean, nothing is for certain here. Right. I mean, if Chevy, first of all, delivers on what it is now unveiled and number two, can ramp up production to about, let's say, 200,000 in 2024 and 500,000 in 2025. And number three, they offer appealing mid price options. They may survive for another day. And that is a lot more than a few days ago, I was going to say about GM. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty amazing news. But all three of those things have to happen. And I mean, Ford is still honestly looking pretty shaky because I look, I was actually very positive on the F-150 Lightning when it first came out. And I was like, it's going to be Lightning and Cybertruck. Mm -hmm. But I think now Silverado to me is like the winner. 
a lot of it comes down to range. I'll be perfectly honest. But again, it comes down to the mid-price options. They've been telling us about the top of the line truck, $105,000 is not exactly what middle America is going to be buying in terms of truck. And so if that's the 400 mile version and then it drops precipitously from there, right. because we don't know what the base model is going to get. We know that it could have a 400 mile range option, but we don't know what that's going to cost. Yeah. Jam uh, is going to have to thread this needle perfectly. They're going to have to achieve 100% on everything they do from here on out. So it's great that they've come out with a better design now, and I'm really excited for them. But it's not like... We won. Right. Uh, it's you're going to have to keep working hard every single day because you've got the competition. And let's look. End of the day, that's the word competition. It's awesome to me that we actually have some decent competition here for pickup trucks. Look, I know we didn't talk about Rivian. We didn't talk about Bollinger. We didn't talk about Workhorse and all those. I really don't think those other companies kind of enter this discussion. I think the three we've been talking about, the Silverado, the Lightning, and the Cybertruck are the only three that really matter to this discussion. Are there luxury pickup truck buyers? Yes. We're going to have an R1T. We're going to show it to you. But for the most part, these are the ones that are going to make the difference. And these are the ones that are going to determine whether GM and Ford live to fight another day. I think coming out of this battle, one of them, if not two of them, are gone. My first choice now for being gone is Ford. Wow. So anyway, those are our thoughts on the pickup truck battle of the century. But I mean, what did we miss? Because I mean, yeah. there's so many factors here and I haven't driven pickup trucks since I was a kid. So uh, let you us know. You drove pickup trucks when you were a kid? Well, I mean, it's what I learned to drive on. I oh, was, okay. you know, 12 years old, sitting between my dad's <laughs> lap there driving a pickup truck. I mean, that's what I learned on. So if you got thoughts and comments, please put them below. Tell us what we got wrong. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what you're going to be looking forward to buying. And what you've deciphered in the marketing message. Yeah, I mean, there might be some secret things that you saw that we didn't see. For instance, in the back of the Silverado, uh, there's going to be some stuff. Did we see an air hose plug? I didn't see it, but I feel like they've got to have it. I right. feel like they're sandbagging on that because they've got adaptive air suspension. Why wouldn't you throw that in? Right. So yeah, comment down below what you think we got right, what you think we got wrong. If you like this episode even a little bit, if you liked even one little point of it, please hit the like button. Really helps the growth of this channel. If you want to see more content just in general about this kind of stuff, hit the like button. Thank you so much for watching. Now you know. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.